Tonight, we review NXT Super Tuesday 2, and we start with the crowning of the Prince becoming king again. Finn Balor beating Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. An amazing, incredible match to crown Finn Balor as the champion, Ralph. Yeah, absolutely. This match was amazing. Two of the best guys in professional wrestling right now, in my opinion. Like I said, the guy that should have been PWI's number one wrestler in the world, and he just proved again last night why Adam Cole is just absolutely freaking money. This match was great. Finn Balor coming down from the main roster to NXT may have been one of the better moves of his career because, let's face it, the guy is super talented, and he was very underutilized in the main roster. So having him go back down to NXT, being a big star already from NXT and being one of the guys that helped solidify uh, NXT and the brand of NXT. This was a huge matchup. Two of the biggest guys to ever come out of NXT, or I should say to, to really perform in NXT because Adam Cole was never actually brought up to the main roster yet. Um, but I think that is in the very near future um, as we'll kind of get into here. But based on the match itself, awesome match, awesome action. Didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, just really good stuff from both of these guys. Totally agree. Like this was such an incredible match. Like the chemistry between these two in the ring is unbelievable. And the storytelling, the ring psychology 101. I mean, the fact that this match, Ralph, was based on really two moves, the coup de grace and the 1916 DDT. Like basically you have Balor working Cole's neck and head to set up for that 1916 DDT. But Cole is working Balor's knee throughout the whole match, trying to counter the coup de grace. And the, and the commentary, let's give props to the commentary team here, doing an amazing job, especially with selling the false finishes. That When that coup de grace hit and you thought the match was over and Adam Cole kicks out, you have Vic Joseph saying no one kicks out of the coup de grace. So amazing job there by Vic Joseph. Just adds to another element, another layer to why this match was so good. I wish it was the main event but I understand why it wasn't because it was really part two of last week's main event, not necessarily the episode itself. So I understand why they went with what they did for the main event. So this was a great, great opening match, but that might be a match of the year contender in my opinion. It was a very good match. Um, I imagine we might, might see this at some point down the line. I don't know if we're going to necessarily see it in NXT or if we're going to see it at the main roster level at some point, but you got to think that Adam Cole hopefully is poised for a big career uh, on the main roster because he is just too good of an athlete and too good of a performer to keep down in NXT. And I don't mean that as a snub because, you know, one of the things that we really kind of got into when we were covering best wrestlers um, of, of the year, Adam Cole was obviously number two to Moxley. And the one thing that a lot of people kept commenting on was the fact that NXT is WWE's developmental. If you can't legitimately sit back and say to yourself confidently that this is, yes, it's a feeder system for the WWE, but by no means are the people that are performing at this level developmental talent. I I mean, I I don't know what else they have to do to prove this to you, especially considering a guy like Finn Balor is coming down. Get out of the performance center. That's what they have to do. They have to get out of the performance center. But the performance speaks for itself. I mean, right now, everybody to me is at an even playing field. And I say that because AEW has limited fans. NXT has some fans by fans. I mean, whoever they're going to put around ringside. So all of that kind of goes out the window. The only reason AEW is considered main roster talent is because they have one show. They have AEW Dark. They have a main roster. They don't have a feeding system. 
They have the AIs that they bring up from the indie scene. And let's face it, if they had some type of developmental system, I imagine people like Sonny Kiss, Joey Janela, people of that nature wouldn't be wrestling on the main roster. Finn Balor is a guy that we already know can go to the main roster and be a huge star. He's already proven that. He's now the champion of NXT. Adam Cole is a guy that can perform at any level, at a takeover, at uh, you know what we saw last night on a regular episode, a weekly episode of NXT. I mean, this guy is legitimate. He's big money. He's a big draw. He's going to be a big star. I can't wait for the fans to actually come back so that way they can really start to um, you know get behind him because it seems like eventually this is going to lead to a face turn, which is the one sad thing that I see coming out of all of this because they're laying it on really thick with the Undisputed Era and they're really starting to make it seem like Adam Cole is poised for a face turn, which I think is fine. But, you know, obviously I want to see the Undisputed Era stick together here. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because to me, that's the question coming out of this episode is what's next for Adam Cole? What's next for the Undisputed Era? We see Adam Cole being a baby face after the match, showing good sportsmanship to Finn Balor. Obviously doing the two sweet to each other as their former yep. Bullet Club members. And you have, on the other hand, Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish without Kyle O'Reilly. So no Kyle O'Reilly in the match later on in the night with Killian Dane. They're doing heelish tactics in the win over Killian Dane. So is this where we're going to have a split with O'Reilly and Cole turning face and Fish and Strong staying heel? Or... Like, what is to come of this? What is next yeah. for the Undisputed Era? Well, it honestly reminds me, if you remember when the NWO turned on Hogan because he shook The Rock's hand? Yes, I kind think of. What, I think that's kind of what we're going to start to get here. I think eventually Adam Cole is going to go on his own, and whether that means he's poised for a main roster call-up and a main roster run, I guess will be remain to be seen. But um, that's what that's where I think they're going with this, and I think that's why they're kind of starting to plant the seeds of you know, the Undisputed Era doing their own thing, being a little more heelish and over the top, and obviously Adam Cole doing his thing where it seems like he's starting to show more of his uh, his face side, if you will. Right, right. Now, let's move to the main event of the show because I think this capped off an amazing episode of NXT, yeah. and that was Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez in the Steel Cage match. One thing that I got to love about this. Now, I know in AEW, we have... You can't escape. If you escape, you're out. You lose the match. Whereas WWE, you have to win by either pin, submission, or escaping the cage. I love how Rhea and Mercedes didn't even bother trying to escape the cage. I love how they just kept it in there and they just wanted to beat the hell out of each other to the point where the other person can't go on. There were some, you know, you got kendo sticks, you got tables, you got chairs, all going in before Rhea Ripley even shows up to the ring. Yeah. I love that. This was very good. Very good match. Very stiff match. And I love the finish with the avalanche riptide through the table. This was a great way to close off the show. And, and they delivered. They really, they show you why arguably NXT has the best women's division in any professional wrestling promotion. Yeah, I, I got to say they definitely really delivered. And, you know, when I said, I texted this to you while we were watching the pay-per-view the other night. So when it comes to AEW and the women's division, I know right now they're trying to take things in the right direction. Obviously, they had the match with uh, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. They're trying to do things and point it in the right direction there. 
Um, but it, it, to me, in my opinion, it's really just not close yet. I think AEW is several years behind uh, NXT or even WWE on the main roster, for that matter, as far as the women are concerned. And for this now. match for right now. But but you know what? That's not really to be unexpected. I mean, look at look at look at most of the top women in the main roster right now, and look at just the amount of women that they have under contract working in NXT. They were able to really have a head start on that. You know, Bailey, Sasha Banks. All of those women were training under some of the very best for years before even being called up to the main roster. So it's not a snub of AEW. It's just they'll get there, but they need to get more talent. They need to continue to work with them and set things up so they can have matches like what we saw last night. Because last night, last night's steel cage match, I mean, it used to be when you watched a women's match when we were growing up, it, one, it was either bra and panties um, or it was Definitely. very slow, very clunky unless you were really dealing with some of the top women. And last night, this match was, was awesome. It was hard-hitting, few really good spots. The belly-to-back belly suplex with Martinez onto Rhea Ripley was awesome. Uh, the net br- neck breaker off the top was awesome. The avalanche, Riptide, as you, as you pointed out, was also very good. Um, I think that Martinez looked really good in defeat here, which is important. And Rhea Ripley, Absolutely. hopefully this is a big win for her heading back to what could potentially be a title shot, hopefully in the near future, because she really is one of the better women in professional wrestling right now. I don't think anybody would Easily. deny that. Now, it, a lot of people were speculating that this could have been the swan song for Rhea Ripley in this steel cage match. She would lose to Mercedes Martinez and then head to the main roster. Honestly, I think they're waiting for Charlotte to come back so they can revisit that feud on Raw. Yeah, and probably. And she doesn't necessarily need the women's championship anymore. I think she's done what she can with that title. She's still a top women's wrestler in NXT and definitely can make the transition to the main roster without question. She's definitely a, a star in the making for WWE. And you talk about the women's championship picture right now. And we got a little bit of this, you know, and, and this happened throughout the episode. I think Ralph is that there was some very good storytelling throughout this episode and you got this little tease of Shotzi Blackheart facing Io Shirai. Yep. Now, let me tell you something. I think that's going to be a great match when that happens. Obviously, Io Shirai could be the best women's wrestler in NXT if it's not Rhea Ripley. And Shotzi Blackheart has been quietly one of the top women in the women's division for NXT this summer. Yeah, not, not only that, but she's also a unique figure. Yeah, you know, so so that that could be somebody that could surprise a lot of people, and and she's got that intrigue about her. She's not like your run of the mill cookie cutter, um, you know, female wrestler. She she stands out. She walks into a crowded room, the way she's dressed, the way she looks, people are going to notice her. She stands out for the right reason. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued by that. Io Shirai is always good. She's awesome, and I like the direction they're going. Like I said. Right now they've got their big they've got their big three. So they got EO. Shotzi looks like she's probably elevated to that point. Um, you have Rhea Ripley, who she's never really gonna lose credibility as long as they continue having her win and position her in the right way. Don't forget Candace. Night- Don't forget Candace LeRae and Tegan Knox, too. I know the dinner segment wasn't the greatest. <laughs> that was sports <laughs> entertainment one on one. It really was, but actually there was some very bad editing and mediocre acting at best. It was, bad. It was not yeah. good. But still, yeah. the fact that you have Rhea Ripley, Mercedes Martinez, Io Shirai, and Shotzi Blackheart, and also Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox, that's three storylines in the women's division. 
But you got to give credit to Triple H. And we talked about this, I feel like it was about a year, a little over a year ago when they called up. There was a big haul of all the women uh, professional wrestlers from NXT that got brought up to the main card. And everybody was like, well, what is NXT going to do? They always relied on their strong women's division. They don't have anybody left. No matter who it's been or what the, what the case has been, Triple H and the whoever else is involved with running NXT, they've done a really good job of promoting the women's division. No matter what happens, no matter who's brought up, they always have like the next guy up mentality. And you have to exactly. give them credit for that because every time it looks like, ah, well, they only got a couple people that are really good. They pull a rabbit out of their hat, like Mercedes Martinez last night. I think that was really her her big moment. Even though she lost, she looked great in that match, I think. She, she proved a lot to me, at least. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Now, what other key takeaways do you see from this episode of NXT? My main takeaway is just all the storytelling from this episode. Usually, we're talking about, you know, NXT is usually the in-ring wrestling show. And AEW Dynamite, they provide the storytelling where this week I actually could say confidently that there was a lot of storytelling Thatcher studying video on Damian priest and Damian priest rebuttal Kushida returning and attacking yeah. Velveteen dream. The thing going on with Killian Dane and, um, and Drake Maverick Killian game. Always yes, doing Kill- his best triple H impression. <laughs> yes, that too. And, uh, even, even Bronson Reed and Austin theory, I guess would be a payoff to their small little feud. And I thought that was a pretty decent match, but what other key takeaways did you see from this episode? Well, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, I feel like they are transitioning to the future right now. They're setting up new storylines. They're planting seeds for new storylines. You don't really know what's going to happen with the undisputed era. If Adam Cole is truly going to go his own way. um, If the undisputed era is going to split up. Uh, So you've got that whole dynamic going on. Finn Balor is back. Uh, the one thing that that makes you wonder, making him the champion, what's going to go on? Are they going to move to Tuesdays permanently? Or are they going to keep it on Wednesdays? Because you got to think, as good as Adam Cole is, he's very over with the NXT fan base and probably a certain percentage of the WWE fan base who watches NXT and the main roster. But not everybody watches NXT, as we know by the, the ratings and the viewership. Right. Ben Balor is a big star on both levels. So did they do that? knowing that, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go at it with AEW on a weekly basis and Finn Balor is going to be our champion for a bit. Uh, so that, that, that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And then, like you said, Kushida, all the other storylines that are going on, it really seems like they're transitioning all of their storylines and going to focus on the future and building new storylines and, and putting people in different positions, whether that's Shotzi or Martinez or Kushida or whoever. They're, they're looking towards their future and trying to build people up, which is which is a good thing. It really is. And I personally, I would love to have them on separate nights, NXT and AEW Dynamite, because I don't have to choose which one I'm going to watch over the other. I obviously I watch one live and the other I DVR unless I have to DVR both because of work limitations that I have. But this, there's really no reason to have these guys on the same night other than for fans to say which show is better. And moving from, Wednesday to Tuesday, I know people say, oh, AEW wins because they did that. I don't see that. Like, the ratings are showing that NXT could do well on Tuesdays. And there's a crossover when they're on Wednesdays. It's just that more people will watch live Dynamite and then bear to NXT or flip back and forth. It's just that, you know, that's the problem. 
And that swing is probably roughly, what would you estimate? Anywhere from 200, 300,000 people maybe that are kind of going back and forth? I would say so. About think, that, so. I think so. I think maybe 500 to 600,000 are watching whatever show they're going to watch from beginning to end with two with 150 to 300,000 flipping depending on what else is on TV that night. The interesting so. thing for me is going to be this. How many people tuned in for Finn Balor and Adam Cole and then stopped watching after that? Cuz I I I'm mm-hmm. one of those guys that always feels like your main championship, your heavyweight championship match should always be the thing that main events. And I understand why they did it, which you already pointed out at the beginning of this conversation. Um, but I, I felt like that should have closed the night, but what are you yeah. going to do about it? Uh, unfortunately it, it is what it was, but let me tell you, Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez definitely pulled it off now yeah, for sure. because they're not on the same night this week. We will have our AEW dynamite review tomorrow and you could check that out by subscribing and hit that bell for notifications. And in case you missed it, we did review AEW all out by clicking on the thumbnail right now. And we'll talk to you all on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.